Welcome, everyone, to Curtain Jerks, right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. This has been a gigantic week in the world of wrestling, not just for wrestling, for us as well, because on this very episode, for the first time ever, we have an interview, a conversation, if you will. A sit-down. A sit-down chat with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right, listeners. Scott went above and beyond the Call of Duty and got himself a sit-down interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It, it was... Uh... Uh, it was really great. We're going to get to that a little bit later on in this episode. Um, you all know who he is. I don't need to run down the list of accolades. Basically, he's on the top of the all of our... The longest yard. <laughs> that episode of Mad TV. That, mm-hmm. Uh, those those are his biggest accomplishments by mm-hmm. far. Maybe someday that kid will uh, do uh, do greater things. I think he'll go, uh, go good places. If I could kill the momentum for a second, Scott. Sure. I really like this high-energy radio opening. I feel like every once in a while we sort of experiment, and uh, I feel like this is a good time to say we're comedians living in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, living the dream. See, I wasn't going to explain what the podcast is because that's what I do for Stone Cold in the beginning oh, really? of the conversation. Oh, great. Should we just go right into the interview then? No, no. It, no, no, gotta... no. Stick around, guys. Stick no. around. If the new listeners are there and they're like, I just want that part, then they, if you want to play the Russian roulette game of fast forwarding and then you get a little far ahead and you're like, ah, son of a bitch. Yeah, you, you back... might accidentally stumble on the old farting contest that we have planned for later <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, you got to deal with some of what we do, some of our show, and maybe, maybe you'll enjoy it oh yeah but that's just recording the new listeners old mm-hmm. listeners you know what's coming that's right movie butterscotch candies butterscotch candies movie references Wait, are we talking about our old listeners or are we talking about listeners who have listened for a long time oh you mean like old for our old listeners ribbon candy butterscotch candies mm-hmm. Werther's originals yeah oh those are so good i'm surprised they didn't make a soft version because it looks like if you take a bite out of that too quickly you're like you're in stained glass territory like shards we're talking serious shards for old man gums if they made Soft Werther's Originals? You mean like a like a chewy caramel? I would have... No, that's butterscotch. Mm. So, uh, Werther's Originals, sir. His, uh, I will fucking fight you well, on this. Well, think about it this way. When was the last time you encountered a soft butterscotch besides butterscotch chips for cookies and stuff? I, I don't even have those. Like, I was going to say, if I encountered soft butterscotch candies, I would have diabetes. Well, listen here, sir. Butterscotch <laughs> chips for cookies and Werther's Originals are the only butterscotch that I can really think of at this moment. Those are those are your candy options for your butterscotch. Yeah, and Werther's Originals is a hard candy. Uh, maybe a butterscotch frosting. I think I've encountered that in, a, uh, in cake form. You're once. a liar. No, no, no. I had a, a delicious piece of cake when I was a child. <laughs> it stuck with me, and I believe it was butterscotch. I would stand by butterscotch, sir. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Brock Lesnar killed John Cena. <laughs> oh, good SummerSlam. Good SummerSlam, Scott. Great SummerSlam. I really enjoyed it. I watched... It was the butterscotch of SummerSlams. You know what it was? It was unexpected. It was hard and soft. Mm-hmm. And you could just suck on that SummerSlam for hours. Jesus and Christ. You, and you don't chew it. You're just like, ah, this is good. You well it up in your cheek for a while, and then you pull it away, and then you've got that whole crater divot oh yeah of the weathered candy inside of your mouth Mm -hmm. this is a re this is a pay-per-view that you could rewatch almost immediately i didn't do the encore right away but i'm going to watch this encore well more please i think plenty of times i've watched wrestlemania with you uh more recently and we would just immediately sit and watch the pay-per-view encore like right back to back that's true we do from time to time like we'll that used to be really in the pay-per-view days yeah when they would start that encore Mm mm-hmm and then you go, all what are you right, gonna do? Well, Turn it's time it off? to go. Yeah. Well, we, we paid 
five dollars for yeah, this. Yeah, we could watch this match again. And yeah, I I've watched an entire paper. I think I haven't made it to the main event. But yeah, yeah, you never quite make it that far. But you leave it on in the background while you start cleaning up the chips and stuff and the butterscotch mm-hmm. wrappers. <laughs> Call back. Uh, <laughs> I loved this pay per view. Uh, Ambrose and Rollins for me stole the show. Yeah, it's it's hard to choose. Um, because that match was so cool. I for. I was there live, and in the first couple minutes, I had the mental thought of, oh, man, this match is going to stink. Yeah, no, no, but whenever whenever I hear Lumberjack match, I'm like, oh, no straps? Pfft, sign me out, man. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to see it. Do you mean lumber uh, dra- Lumberjack strap match? Yeah. I've Where they're all strapped to each other? Oh, that'd be great, and it was a giant wall of people. Oh, that actually would be fucking. That'd be pretty crazy. terrible. But the leather, the leather strap lumberjack match was that WCW. Was that I remember Bischoff? I thought was the one who put that together on Raw one time. What the lumberjack strap match? I, that's not a thing. It is a thing. You, it, they, I, I've only seen it once. Are you googling it right now? No, no, no. Google the hell out of it. <laughs> no, I and don't then wanna. afterwards Google it. Google <laughs> <laughs> it. Google it. Okay, so you're saying, wait, who was all strapped together? They weren't strapped to each other. Each of the lumberjacks had a belt. Oh, yes. That was, uh, I think that was TNA with um, Jarrett, that they gave all the fans uh, belts. No, that was before, it, because it wasn't fans, it was all well, the that Lumberjacks. that was also a TNA match. thing, yeah. for sure. TNA has a really... that's psychotic. Yeah, TNA's got a really great way of recycling things, but then making them more dangerous. That's how <laughs> I see it. Like, oh, you're, you're not going to use that soda can? Do you mind if I just rip it open in half like this and use it for a, a drinking cup? Blood, uh, blood, uh, blood. Abyss, no! Yeah. I like to think that all those TNA fans that had those uh, belts were all Mike Tenay's family. Yikes. In an RV that they just drove in. Hey, look, you want front row tickets? Here, all you got to do is hit people with these belts. I'm Mike Tenay's third cousin. Welcome aboard, buddy. <laughs> is there free food? No. <laughs> uh, so that match was crazy. Uh, but I would like to see no. What I would like to see is a lumberjack strap match where all the lumberjacks and the two competitors in the ring are all strapped to one another. That's uh, Scott. That's ridiculous. Yes, you, you're look. You're talking about two rump roasts tied together inside the ring, and then a just a giant sausage that never ends outside of the ring. And what were we just saying? It sounds like TNA could really make something out of that. I'm surprised. Borash, you're welcome. You can have that one. (laughs) Take it to the office of whoever's secretly booking things for you that's getting Spike TV in trouble. Write it on the back of a cocktail napkin and say it was just an an incredible eureka moment in that hotel bar. I had this dream. This incredible moment of realization that we should strap the lumberjacks together. We just need a lot of straps. And then we can sell them all on TNAshop.com. That's great. They're going to be memorabilia. So that match, the Lumberjack match, uh, we we chatted a little bit before the show today. That has now set a standard of a Lumberjack match. Yeah, so before there were Lumberjack matches, and now there's some... Think about it that. Think about Just think about that term. Now there's a Lumberjack match to beat. And before yeah. it was a gimmick... And now, like, that meant this, nothing really. Yeah, it was like, oh, great, some guys are going to get sort of beat up unless you surround the entire ring with heels and bad guys and make it sort of like really daunting. Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, you, you, it's cool to see one guy get beat up, but oh, there's so like the lumberjack storyline before would be the heel gets thrown out and they sort mm-hmm. of dust him off and they sort of usher him back into the ring. Yeah, good guy gets thrown. Yeah, out. Yeah, there's like the good guy side and the bad guy side that 
you know, that's about the extent of it. That was all the storyline you'd get for mm-hmm. the match itself. The rest would be whatever the overarching storyline would be. Yeah. This is now up there with ladder match, with cage match, with um, a TLC or a tables match. The bar has been raised, which I'd never thought of with a lumberjack match. No, neither did I. It was a big joke. Like, it was, before SummerSlam, the lumberjack match was a joke, and now... It's a thing. Lumberjack. The, the next two guys that will have a lumberjack match, pressure's on. Yeah, seriously, because before a lumberjack match was just was the best part of a lumberjack match was like, oh hey, Tajiri's here. Hey, <laughs> he still works here. Oh, okay. awesome, cool. Oh, I was really wondering. Uh, wait, that's Tyler Rex. Oh, all right, okay. Wow, he let himself go. So that's what's that was what's so exciting about the lumberjack matches before. It's like. Oh, wow. The roster check-in. Look at all these colorful <laughs> characters. I had no idea because they didn't see them from week to week. Mm-hmm. And now everybody had a part to play. The lumber, like, Yeah. But a lumberjack match that ends that could start potentially nine different storylines with mm-hmm. a giant brawl in the middle, they caused the lumberjacks to fight each other. That is cool. Yeah. And like you said uh, before we recorded, too, that, that Goldust Kane moment was even awesome oh that, that was, could spiral into something else yeah i would i it's the equivalent of those showdowns in royal rumbles mm-hmm. where it's like oh we haven't got to see these two guys fight or even if whoa you, that 300 pounder and that 400 pounder exactly yeah yeah and so that gold dust cane showdown was one of those moments where i was like wow this was about uh rollins and ambrose and now like i care about gold dust and cane mm-hmm. that is that's good and that it wasn't good distracting match. No. It just was all added. It felt like part of it. It mm-hmm. felt like th- it, was all, it was all dipping sauces. It was all dipping sauces. Everything was appropriate. The chicken tenders of Ambrose and Rollins <laughs> were really cooked well, and they were doing good stuff. But then all the sauces around the ring, mm-hmm. it was good. It's good compliment. Oh. Good cocktail. And then uh, Stephanie Bree was, was great. That was a really good match. Mm-hmm. I went with my lady to SummerSlam, which I was petrified about. If you were on social media seeing what I was writing on Twitter and stuff, like I credited her with some uh, funny observations or stuff she said. She didn't know that I was doing it at the time. As long as you credit her, I think it's you'll be fine. Well, at the end, she was all happy about it. She thought it was funny because I'm like, hey, you got retweeted. Nice. <laughs> um, but she hadn't been to... She had been doing photojournalism and was at a TNA event once before, but this nothing on the scale of this. Like mm-hmm. She hadn't sat and watched a show in a non-work environment. It's not really a wrestling fan, but she's always curious about me watching it and, and wants you to were, know about you it. you were worried because this was her first sort of live exposure to it. Yeah, the, there's a lot of pressure on me and the card and all this stuff of like, is this going to be drive great? there, making sure that parking was convenient, <laughs> making sure all the snacks are there. Free parking space that day. What? Loading only. Sundays. Sundays. Yep. Guys, that's an L.A. thing. That's an everywhere thing, isn't it? I don't know. No, I mean saying like getting a free spot in L.A. Oh, at yeah. Staples. Like loading loading zones on Sundays are free don't, parking don't everywhere. Way to everybody. But in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, it is it is it feels like a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Or if you're an atheist, just a cruel, cruel joke in your favor. <laughs> that was me aging 20 years where she saw how excited I was for the free parking spot. Like, <laughs> It's going to be a good day today. Free parking. I, this is going to be good. It's like your dad when he packs up the car for a vacation. He's like, everything's uniformed and in the car. And Tight as a drum. Tight as a drum. And it's 725. I had a schedule to go at 730. <laughs> 
Can we go to the bathroom? Get in the car. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, yeah, I've already felt I, that I, moment. Our collective imaginary dad seems to be the same guy who works at TNA handing out those straps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a, it was a cool experience because she was way into that lumberjack match. Like she, she's a Seth Rollins fan. Yeah, it's um, a cool, it's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. She likes a streak of blonde hair. Like she, it looks like he got hit in the head when he was a kid. I think of him as the son of the guy in the great outdoors who got struck in the head by lightning. Six, 66 times. Yeah, but his son's super fucking awesome. Yeah, his son has the power of lightning. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. I like that. Um, And she was way into the Stephanie uh, Bree match. Well, how often do you get to see two women kick the crap out of each other with yeah. an emotional context? Yeah, and then she was saying right before that match, like, oh, do the guys get to beat up the girls? Is that a thing? I said, no, no, no. Um, that, that, you know, there used to be a time for that. There used to be a Jeff Jarrett time when mm-hmm. bring out a guitar and hit an old lady in the head. That's right. And then sure enough, the ladies start beating up on Triple H. When she, when Bree did that baseball slide, I, I got physically scared. I was like, oh, he'll ruin your career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to bury you. Oh man. You're so buried, Bree. <laughs> um, that match was awesome. Even the kickoff match, the RVD Cesaro match. I did was, not see the kickoff match. It's well worth watching. Okay. Check that out because that is a surprising back and forth match. You know what's surprising to me is the like the only letdown, and I would not say I was disappointed. I was just say it was a dip, would have been uh, Reigns and Orton. Like it was a great match, but mm-hmm. like it was sort of very strange to see like Ambrose and Rollins sort of like coming into their own and Reigns just sort of still being fantastic, but sort of being like, where's... I don't know what the character is. Yeah, it is It is kind of that Seamus level where you go, great, big superhero guy. I'm definitely riding the wave of, like, badass. I know that's present. And, like, oh, yeah. whenever he talks, it sounds awesome. I just don't know, like, what is he supposed to latch on to? Is it going for the gold? Is it, like... And especially pairing him up with Orton, uh, me and Warzeka were talking about this, it was that Orton always seems like something that's at the end of the line. You know, mm-hmm. you never have Orton as a stepping stone because he doesn't do anything as a stepping stone. Have him. He's a, right. he's the end of a uh, final fight. He's the end of the, he's the end, ba- the end boss. Do you know what I mean? Like the mini boss. Yeah. You don't have him so much. You, you don't have Orton as Ondor. a goon or something. He's an Andor. Yeah. He's like an Andor or something like that. Or a Sodom or whatever. <laughs> these final fight references are out of control. <laughs> but like you... Orton's such a weird guy. It's like, yeah, have him sort of at the end of the line just because he's sort of that. He's daunt- with the authority. Yeah, I think. But that was this is Reigns' first big singles win, right? I guess so. That's, That's what why I, they were treating it anyway. Yeah. Um. Like, speaking of armchair booking, because I've already listened to the interview later on. But, yeah. like, I really think that, like, people sort of, like, blast Orton all the time. I think Orton's kind of like there's this renaissance for him that's going to come really soon. I just kind of like no, if he embraces that sort of weirdness that mm-hmm. we all like, everybody knows Orton is weird. Yeah, I think that's a given. Everybody knows that he's a weird guy. He's an amazing wrestler, but there's a weirdness that was present when he was younger. It's even yeah, like the cockiness was there when he was younger. Yeah, and now it's this. There's this rich vein of of weirdness that's like that just hasn't been tapped into. Like I wouldn't. Like if he grew a handlebar mustache, or if he started dancing in the ring, like stuff that <laughs> I would playing act- the old piani on the side. I would I would genuinely think that was frightening if Orton started doing <laughs> stuff like that, and I would be all in favor of it. Like if he if he did the sort of Batista, like people were booing him, and he did the sort of eh, 
Like if he started if Orton, There's times when he kind of does that though. Yeah, and that's when it's fucking amazing. Like if Orton started making fun of the crowd. Yeah. Or like when he sort of like he he still plays to the crowd because when he's gonna do the RKO, he knows people love it, so he raises his hands and he does that. What if he was? Yeah, flipping- he's kind of like Scott Steiner, who's mastered the English language. But he's not being fully Scott Steiner yet. Yeah, he I, could he could tap into some of that. There's, I think the best. I think the best for Morton is still ahead. Like that's, I have this weird optimism from watching SummerSlam. I got like a piece of it, and I wasn't sure what it was, but there's something. The, there's okay. a next level that's on its way. Mm. I, that's what I really think. Playing the old Piani, talking about banging handlebar your, mustaches. Your lady. Yeah, bowler, bowler hat. <laughs> yeah, if you know what, it just needs a piano on the on the top of the ramp, and it's Orton singing really dirty ditties about the entire <laughs> audience's girlfriend. I think that'd be perfect. And your mother too. Hey, <laughs> boo! Buy that T-shirt. Buy that T-shirt. Buy that T-shirt. Uh, I would be a huge fan of Orton then if that happened. And then we had the main event, of course. Which was spooky. God, that was so, so crazy and bizarre and fun and different. Yeah. And scary. Just scary. Well, we talked about it briefly, I think, a couple weeks ago about how John Cena and, and Lesnar, the Extreme Rules match, yeah. was so much, was very similar also. But that one had like an action movie finish. That mm-hmm. was like... Uh, Over the top bad guy death. Yeah, it was Bruce Willis fighting the German guy in Die Hard. And it was like Hans Gruber. No, his buddy. Oh yeah, that, that guy, guy. He killed the guy's brother. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. If you listen to what Bruce Willis <laughs> we talked Die Hard quite a bit. Yeah, if you listen to what Bruce Willis is saying to that guy while he's fighting him, that um, like the long haired blonde guy is wearing black. He has that crazy rifle. Mm-hmm. He's saying to him like, "Yeah, I fucking killed your brother, and I fucking ate him too." Like he's like, I, <laughs> like he talks about how he like threw him down a flight of stairs and snapped his neck. He's really trash talking while they have these crazy fight. Mm-hmm. But he gets his ass handed to him. And then it ends with him hanging the guy with those chains. Yeah. So that was what Extreme Rules was. It was Cena and Lesnar. Cena really getting his ass handed to him. And then finally, Lesnar taking that one step too far, taking the chain. Cena gets it, hits Lesnar once, does an attitude adjustment on the stairs. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There was no... Because that's that. He got too confident. He got too cocky and just let his guard down. And then... The triumphant return. Yeah. So that did not happen. It, it was the beat down, the beat down, and then as you described it, every step of offense Cena puts out just being like nothing. Like the the Lesnar sit up, the Undertaker sit up, and then he just started fucking laughing. That's the stuff nightmares made of. That's that is a nightmare. Lesnar yeah. just laughing at you, pissing your pit. You gonna piss your pants? You gonna piss your pants? <laughs> Why don't you piss your pants? And then uh, and then uh, some blood. And and a little then, bit of uh, blood. vomit. Uh, throw up a little bit in your mouth. That that fight that they had, that's all my s- schoolyard fights growing up. Just brutalized? Yeah, like I thought you I did something. You were killing those kids. You were just <laughs> killing those kids. Yeah, that's right. I'm Brock Lesnar in this yeah. scenario. Go to Facebook. You'll see my body. Uh, <laughs> that I thought I was doing something. I thought I was fighting back. Like, yeah, I did something. Nothing. And then just pulverized. Mm-hmm. God, it is terrifying. And he's Captain America, for God's sakes. Yeah, he looks it. Oh, speaking of which, well, we totally glossed over it. Swagger and Rusev with the flag match. Yeah, I'm I'm moving to Russia. I mean, if if they won the flag match, I gotta I gotta de- uh, deject. Careful, no. Scott. Reject. Every every dude's a Rusev, and every lady is Alana. 
That's oh, how Russia then, works. Then that's great. Well, <laughs> if you have to compete with those Rusevs. Uh, wait, wait. Do I get Alana? No, no, no. Oh, wait. You're still a tourist. Got it. It's not like you just enter the country and you're given a bride. I Then I don't know how this system works in Russia. When I, do I get my bread? <laughs> I said bride. I you're, want are, bread I, and bride. I'm sorry. Am I in the bread line or the bride line? <laughs> um, if I could just mention that match so we don't have to talk about it too much. But Rusev and Swagger. So it was a flag match, which they never described how a flag match works. And I thought it and was... And you watched it. It's so live. We didn't know what the fuck was supposed to happen. They didn't explain anything in the broadcast. I thought it was, okay. you defend your flag in one corner and the other guy has to get it. I yeah, thought, like, I, I assumed that too. I wanted like I wanted a breakdown with a graphic and someone saying like, so a flag match is blah, 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 blah. After 45 seconds, blah, 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 which you then earn 17 points. But I wanted something so ridiculous and complicated. But it was as simple as a pinfall and then a giant flag. Which haven't and it they... wasn't a pinfall. Haven't they already raised the giant flag with Rusev? I thought specifically they'd already had that flag already set up. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it know, was. I think someone should do some inspection and see if there was an American flag even ready to be uh, raised as well. You know what, Scott? You're just you're you're asking all the wrong questions, but you're starting all the right conspiracies. It seems like Nikolai Volkov might have had something to do with this conspiracy, or even Boris Zukov. Or Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> That's right. The three Russians from the 80s. Boom. Um, Great main event. Yeah. Uh, just a solid show. If you haven't seen it yet, well, spoilers. And then <laughs> go watch it. Very good stuff. Or watch it again for a second time. Because I, I know I plan on watching it Yeah, again. I'm going to watch it again. It's a great encore. But something that's really important before we get to our Stone Cold Steve Austin conversation. Seth Rollins is in a very interesting spot right now. He is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, uh, and there's a new world WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and now with what happened on Monday Night Raw, uh, you know he's uh, he's Seth unimpinged. Rollins. Yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins Ambrose is... is out of the picture. You know what, Scott? This is very interesting. Do you want to talk to him? I, I'd love to talk. We haven't had Seth Rollins uh, uh, on the show yet, so yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Well, you know what? We have him on the docket today. It sounds. It looks like he's eating burritos in the guest breakfast lounge. That's that is on the docket. <laughs> yeah, just he has that. he has scheduled burrito eating time. Yeah, well, every guest Don't. on every guest on the show gets to hang out in the guest breakfast lounge where they get to have burritos. Steve, uh, if you're gonna go grab him and not use the intercom system, I respectfully ask that you do not lunge at him from a distance because that's been happening to him a lot lately. you know it seems like he's been get, I'll, I'll i'll approach slowly uh-huh. and i won't call his name from a distance yeah and in then a I non-threatening won't, manner and then i won't throw punches at him and, <laughs> and fight him out into the parking lot don't throw a bucket in his face either no 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 which was awesome by the way it is awesome but it, it can be quite rude when you're not friends anymore no. like if we had a falling out and i threw a bucket in your face that would be i would not laugh as hard as if you did it right now mm-hmm <laughs> Just, just over here, just over, just over here. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Seth Rollins is here with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks. These are comfortable chairs. These are really comfortable chairs. Yeah. Well, we try and get nice chairs for our guests to come down and sit down in. It encourages you guys to come back. And, thanks. And thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Seth, money in the bank briefcase. I see you're carrying it around right now. Oh, this whole thing. Yeah, it's got a, it's got my ticket to ride inside. Yeah, ticket to ride. So. uh going to cash that bad boy in? Yeah, eventually I'm going to be champion. I'm going to be the new World Heavyweight WWE champion. 
Okay. Uh, so when are you are you gonna challenge for a match, or are you gonna take a, an opportunity? You know what? I'm an opportunist, but I'm also the architect. So at any time I need to, I can step in there and uh, get the belt. Okay. So you're gonna get it from Brock Lesnar. It looks like, huh? I'm sorry. What? Brock Lesnar. Who? Bro- the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Mm. He demolished Cena. Oh, jeez. At SummerSlam. Uh, I don't think I know who you're talking about. They brought in a new belt for him to carry around? Yeah, this that new belt looks good. Man, my, my boy Triple H, he brought that out. He's yeah. a good guy. Did you see the guy who was holding it? Yeah, Triple H, who's holding that belt. Yeah, they gave it to somebody else. They gave it to a guy who's like three times the size. You know what? That's not cool, Scott Narvon. I want to make sure that you know that. That's Stephanie McMahon. You can't be making fun of people that are part of the authority like no. that. No, that's not what happened. I turn on the shield and I'll turn on you, just like that. I well look, uh I'm not talking about Stephanie. Okay, in the ring there was Triple H and Stephanie and Paul Heyman? Are you talking about Paul Heyman? Okay, there's also Paul Heyman. Well, yes. The authority has a deal going on with Paul Heyman right now. It's a small, tenuous alliance, but I think it's best for business. Right, and that guy that Paul Heyman represents is CM Punk isn't a part of the business anymore. <laughs> no. He took his ball and went home. No, no, no. I'm not talking about CM Punk. CM Punk wasn't standing there. CM Punk's been gone off TV for a while. There's another guy, a gigantic mountain of a man. Ah, Ryback. No, that wasn't Ryback. No, he makes Ryback look small. Oh, Curtis Axel is a tiny guy. But I mean, honestly, he does have good theme music. But I don't understand uh, how you think that he's going to be the next champion. No, there is a a next champion. It's Brock Lesnar. Uh, I don't know who, who... What? You could cash in. It's going to be very difficult to cash in on Brock Lesnar because he's hardly ever. He beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. You keep making these faces like you don't know. I feel like you know. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, well, you're not going to cash in your money in the bank on anything else. Like, you want that championship, right? Like, you're yeah, not that, cash what is in this in- money in the bank briefcase for? It's uh, for championships. Well, I mean, there's also, uh, you know, the Intercontinental Championship. The I can't States. cash in for that. This is for gold, not for white belts. Okay, well, there's also United States Championship. Yeah. I'm going for the gold. I'm going for the top of the ladder. Well, then that's Brock Lesnar. Who? I, 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 it's I, Brock Lesnar. Basically, you have to go up against Brock Lesnar. Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to answer you, Scott. I just don't understand what you're talking about. I don't look. I'm a fan, uh, and my lady friend is a fan of you. I don't think you can beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know what? You be careful what you say, because I don't know who what you're saying. I can't beat. Do you? Okay. How about this? Do you understand this word, Brock? Oh, you mean like a bra and a rock? <laughs> no. Do you understand this word, Lesnar? Uh, like a like a kid who beats up other kids in junior high. No. Okay. How about phone book style, Lesnar Brock? Uh. I don't know why they'd put a rock in that bra. <laughs> okay. Um, let me ask you about this. Let me change up the subjects. You fought Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Hell of a match. You see me beat him on Raw? Yeah. False. Curb stomped him on Cinderblock. You did, and those smashed. Yeah, they did. You couldn't get the table to smash. Yeah. But you got... It's s- the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes that cookie doesn't crumble at all. <laughs> Wait, but were you just being easy on him on the table? When you curb stomped his his face on the on the on the announce well, table. Well, keep in mind, Kane warmed that table up with his choke slam, and he might have reinforced all of that particle board. <laughs> so wait, that reinforced it? I don't know physics, man. I'm just a wrestler. Okay, but then you 
seemingly killed Dean Ambrose by curb stomping him through. A, Took him out of action. On a small pile Took of Brock. Took him out of action. I'd say it's a small pile of Brock Lesnar's is honestly is how i put it. A what? They were cinder blocks. It's like what Brock Lesnar's made out of. I know what cinder blocks are, and I know that you can stack them to be shaped like a person, but I don't know how you get the arms to stay up without them falling down. <laughs> well, are you happy with yourself? Because Charles Robinson seems very upset at you. He says you went too far. Who's Charles Robinson? The referee of that match. Little Nate? Ah, uh, well, that's what happens. You got to take things to the limit. You know what? Let me tell you this. Okay. We could have had a no-holds-barred match. Mm-hmm. We could have had a no-disqualification match. Mm-hmm. Or we could have had a falls-count-anywhere match. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty much the same fucking match. <laughs> I come out on top. All right. Well, then, who's next? Who's next for you? Since now you're taking out your... Oh, jeez. Mm, oh, so many options. Uh, God, how long is Ambrose out for? Uh, well, how long does it take to film a movie? Uh, is he filming a movie? Yeah. What movie? Oh, you want in on this? Well, no. Just, what if he's making a movie? I didn't they know in a, WWE announced that he's filming an action movie. Really? Yeah. That's pretty soon. Well, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a hit. Oh, man. I hate that Ambrose. Man, <laughs> that Ambrose gets me real toasted. Don't go stomping him on the set. He's mm. got a gig. You know what? He's been attacking me all over. Maybe I will attack him on that set. Don't do that. That's going to ruin the takes of this movie. And then you're going to appear everywhere. I'm sure it's an arduous process making a film, but Ambrose has got to know he doesn't step in front of Seth Rollins. (laughs) Well, all right, Seth. It's been great having you on the show. And uh, let me just show you a picture real quick of Brock Lesnar. Okay. Here. Who? This. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He scares the shit out of me. Okay. Well, good luck cashing in your money in the bank then. See you later. This past weekend at SummerSlam, we, it was crazy. There was a lot of media stuff to do, um, so many events, and uh, the WWE 2K15 panel with the roster reveal was there, and uh, I got to go and uh, got a, an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, as you hear, it was a, it was a fun time. Um, what happened was, as soon as I introduced myself, it went straight into him talking podcast with me because I mentioned I did a podcast and I just hit record and we went. So there wasn't a whole lot of like, you know, running through doing intros or anything like that. It was just a run and gun. So, uh, guys, I hope you enjoy this conversation between Stone Cold Steve Austin and myself. I got the four in with only two inputs. Oh, okay. That's got the four inputs. Yeah. Okay. That's their stuff. Yeah, that's their oh, stuff. I mean, I am not a tech guy. Never been a tech guy. I wish I was. Me neither. Oh, it'd make it so much easier. Yeah, I've been podcasting for three years. Um, How's that going for you? It's going all right. It's a slow build. You know, actor, comedian, like we do all that stuff. Huge wrestling fans. How did you gravitate to the podcast business and, and what's your style? I mean, mine's kind of like a, a gorilla style. I mean, I'm certainly not uh, perfect or polished. Mm-hmm. W- what approach do you take? Well, I was inspired by a lot of other podcasts. Always been a wrestling fan. Was watching a friend of mine doing a political podcast on stage and, and just kind of tuned out. Was checking out going, right. This isn't my thing, but I thought, what can I talk about? And I thought, wrestling. And then I thought, I want to make it fun. There are so many cynical wrestling fans out there that just make it negative and don't like it. But I wanted to have a funny, positive spin on it. And then so my buddy and I, we were doing characters. We do impressions. We do uh, just skits and sketches, like characters upon characters, but still fun. Like creating bigger comic book characters that already exist. And talking about the fun things in wrestling week to week. 
it's glad that you talk about the fun things because, like you said, uh, uh, to your point, everybody wants to be the armchair booker and, you know, say, oh, why don't they do this or why this and always pissing and moaning. So, I mean, it's good to see now someone's got a uh, at least a happy perspective uh, to talk about the business. Yeah, trying to try and reinvigorate the you were a kid enjoying it once have that childlike view again. Just enjoy the show for yeah, what Don't it get is. me wrong, I'm as critical as the next person. When we're sure. talking about booking, positioning, and storyline, stuff like that, but you know, when I do talk about wrestling on my podcast, I don't want to ever come across as the bitter veteran, because I ain't got nothing to be bitter about. I'm mm -hmm. happy as a clam, but I reserve the right to voice my opinion, and sometimes, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't really sugarcoat anything, but uh, I do it out of a love for the business, so mm -hmm. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, I'm blatantly honest, but at the same point, try to be as positive as I, I can, and if anything, giving constructive criticism. Yes, absolutely. You've earned your stripes. I'd love to talk to you about your movies. Go because ahead. Uh, you've gone from wrestling, and now you're in the movies, and I enjoy watching each of these projects you do, because I'm always excited for the next one that you do, because I know you have such a passion for being the best at what you do. So I've enjoyed... Uh, well, God, the package is great. The Expendables was a lot of fun. Uh, what's next? So you're gonna, uh, you've done a couple of comedies here and there. I'd love to see you do more of that stuff. You know, the, the thing about it is, going back to the podcast thing, through my show, I've been able to actually let people know that I have a sense of humor because I've walked into a lot of meetings in this town and people think, hey, we got to meet with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They think I'm drunk, pissed off, mean-spirited, or just a lowlife in general, uh, or very aggressive like they saw me uh, in the WWE. So... Uh, comedy stuff was, would be something I'd like to do more in the movies. Uh, I've kind of really fallen in love with the reality genre of television. Uh, starting with my first hosting gig, which was tough enough, that got me Redneck Island, and now I've got the Broken Skull Challenge. I'm working on another project uh, to be named uh, here very soon. So I love, I enjoy acting. I love reality television. So I'm trying to focus more of my efforts down that walk. Yeah, you. I mean, you tap into it so well. The fans have such a love and affection for you, and they love seeing the different sides of you. And, you know, I, uh, the thing about it is I would rather be a version of Steve Austin on reality television rather than someone else in a movie. I find that that bodes better for uh, my personality, really? my time frame, and everything about me. I'd rather be me doing a reality television show about 99% ad lib and not have to remember about uh, memorizing any dialogue and trying to be, I mean, because anytime you do something, you want to take it to the highest level that you can. Truth is, you ain't going to be Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, working like I'm working. So that's why I enjoy doing what I do with reality television. It is what it is. Well, maybe some improv, maybe some uh, Dude, type of what, curb your enthusiasm you know, or something like that. But you were talking about a while ago, uh, you, you do some uh, comedic stuff. Yes. Uh, and and I'm, a, I'm a funny guy. But I'm not a stand-up comedian, and I, I say that with all due respect because I have so much respect for the stand-up act. Uh, and so it's a whole different ball game. But I, I'm, I'm enamored and in love with uh, uh, the improv stuff. But that being said, I'm not a comedian. I'm just having to be a pretty funny guy doing a podcast. Uh, the improv stuff is absolutely amazing when you start breaking it down. And we just recently lost, you know, Robin Williams, who was probably one of the greatest improvisation guys of all time. Such a sad story. Uh, but that guy was just absolutely uh, peerless at what he did. Well, don't sell yourself short. You're a fearless guy, too. I'm hanging in there, brother. We enjoy what you do, and thank you so much for your time, Steve. You got it. Good luck with your podcast. Thank you, sir.
Great work, Scott. I really enjoy that conversation every time I hear it. <laughs> I get a real kick out of that. Well, I, again, you were missed. I, I was hoping you could be there, but I know work and scheduling and all that stuff just doesn't always permit itself. Um, me, I keep my doors open. No, my uh, windows. I don't do anything. No, I, I keep my a... sleeping bag airing out every day so <laughs> that the filth of my body does not make it stink. That's right. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a, it was a fun conversation to have just talking podcasts and such. I think we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, which is any, I like hearing Stone Cold sort of say the same thing is that he sort of, he wants to excel at things and it's yeah. not just a wanting to be a part of something. It's if I'm a part of this, I want to excel at that, which is a drive. I feel is really rare. I feel like people sort of pick and choose. I want to excel at this. Or they just want to be in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want in that because that's big. Yeah, that thing's going on. Why am I left out? And whatever he sort of has an interest in, he wants to excel at it. And Mm -hmm. that's that's a go-getter attitude. That's awesome because it just makes it better. Mm -hmm. Like you would you would want that guy there because he wants to be really good at it. Yeah, that's encouraging and puts work into it. So yeah, that was cool. That was (laughs) that was a that was a fun conversation. Um, It is now time for jerk tweets. Each week, go to Twitter. Follow us at Curtain Jerks. Send us your hashtag jerk tweets. That could be questions, comments, anything about wrestling, this podcast, whatever you want it to be. Uh, first one we got here is Axe Wielding Alex says, Two wrestlers compete for the services of Scott and Steve. Who do you hope wins? And what will said services be? Well, that really depends on what kind of cars these wrestlers drive and how hard we have to clean them. <laughs> what do you mean by services? I say, I, I know what I want my services to be. What's that? Driver. Okay, that's pretty good. I want a driver. Uh, does that include baggage handling? Because I don't want to carry anybody's bags. Uh, no, you get you get them doing your services. Two wrestlers are like... Oh. I know, but I'm saying if you're if you're their driver, I feel like you run the risk of I'm having to carry... I'm fucking gym. driver. They're, they're my driver. Whoa, all right. They're, they're, doing, they're competing for our services. No, That's for our services mean they're competing for the service we provide to them. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Compe- the, read it again. Two, read wrestler, it again. two wrestlers compete for the services of Scott and Steve. Who do you hope wins and what will be said and what will said services be? Yeah, we're the best in the biz when it comes to cleaning and driving cars, so they want to compete for our services. Oh, I totally interpreted it the other way. I'm not a college man. Well, so you want a you want a wrestler to be your driver. That's right. Which wrestler? Oh boy, which wrestler do I want to be my driver? Oh well, that's that's pretty. Well, I was gonna say Dean Ambrose, but it's like you know what? I think he has a massive concussion and he's a little reckless. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. You know who I choose? Who? Uh, for the for the entertainment on the road alone, I don't even need music in the car. Stardust. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. That's really good. That's what I want. Okay, uh, I'll I will be the driver. I'll do the opposite. I'll do what I thought it was. <laughs> okay, I'll be the driver, and I think the person I want to drive around would probably be Brock Lesnar. Oh, I it'd be you gotta ter- stop at every Jimmy John's. Yeah, that's that's I, I hope so. <laughs> and you know what? I'm hoping that Paul Heyman will be sitting in the front seat with me, so I he'll know he can be like, all right, that's just shut up right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll shut up while he's eating that sandwich. <laughs> well, that would be fun times. And also, I feel like a lot of it would be stopping at McDonald's and seeing how many cheeseburgers I could throw into the back seat before he's like, enough. <laughs> what, just to, as pillows? No, just to eat. 
Oh, okay. Like how many? I, I should point out. Yeah, it sounds like I'm just pelting him with cheeseburgers, but I want him to eat them. I want to see it. because remember uh, McDonald's used to do what was it? Twenty nine cent hamburgers, yeah. thirty nine cent cheeseburgers. Yeah, 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 that was amazing. That that was amazing for the the times that we had good digestive systems. Yes, when we were younger men. Mm. Now all we can handle are hard butterscotch. <laughs> um, did I really read this wrong? Am I really interpreting the services incorrectly? I'm sure we'll get another tweet explaining it next week. Oh boy. Or saying you fucking idiots. <laughs> One of you's a fucking idiot. The other one's. Uh, Steve Sears. Oh, yeah. I was about to say that brain tweezer wasn't much of a brain tweezer at all. It was more of a brain teaser. <laughs> Two Nerds One Podcast says, I'm curious, is Swagger's weird flesh beard as gross in person as it is on my TV? You want to ask him? Well, former general manager of uh, the podcast. And former here. archivist. Yeah. He had a lot of positions here, Jack Swagger, and he's quit. He had two, but he wore many hats. He wore many hats, and uh, he uh, he he left the podcast. He's off to be a movie star, and then all the stuff with SummerSlam. And... We see we had our old studio, and I could just look over, and there'd be a vent that he would pop out of, and he'd come up from the basement. But now mm-hmm. the vent is gone. I don't know how he's supposed to come into the room. Steve, I wanted to point out something to you earlier today. This makes a lot more sense now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, uh, there was a dead bald eagle in here earlier today. Oh, is that what that smell is? Yeah, that's what. Is it, that that stench of dying freedom? Is I put it. I put it in the bread box. I didn't know what they really do with it. I, I, you know what, Scott? I'm gonna just request from now on. If you find something dead and you don't feel inclined to throw it away, refrigerate it just so we could. The smell won't be as bad. A bread box is usually to contain. It's like room temperature, so it just allows the. Uh, the decomposition. I know, but I tend to put whatever's deceased in the perfect fitting thing for it. Like, I don't think about refrigeration. I just go, oh, that fits directly You're in telling there. me that an American Eagle fits like, directly inside of a bread box. Did you fold those <laughs> Steve, wings? Steve, look at this bread box and look at this dead bald eagle. Perfect fit. I didn't have to squunch it up or nothing. Well, first of all, that's the biggest fucking bread box I've ever seen. I'm glad that we like our multi-grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, and there was a message tied to it, too. Oh, is that a scroll? It is a scroll. What does it say? It says, can I please be on the podcast today? I'm in the closet. Well, was it a Brooklyn Brawler? What? Who is it? I, I what? Steve, logically, I'm to assume it's Jack Swagger. Oh, well, do you want me to check the podcast closet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's where we also keep the broom when guests go on too long. We tend to... Jack Swagger's in here. Uh, hey, Scrotum. You know, Jack, sorry, stumble a little bit. Sorry, it's been a, it's been a rough go. Thanks. Jack, um, would you be careful? You stepped on some cords. I, I'm sorry. I just, uh... <laughs> Look, things have been rough lately, okay? Hollywood hasn't uh, been too interested in what's been happening with me and my, you know, my acting gigs and, um... Kind of disappointed America on Sunday. So, uh, oh, you're talking about your performance at SummerSlam? Well, um, I don't know if you know this. Uh, there was uh, two American heroes that never gave up and uh, kind of uh, just sort of passed out from the pain and wasn't able to conquer the monster. Uh, Paul but I'm, Revere I'm being, and... No, I'm being overshadowed by uh, that son of a bitch, John Cena. Oh, that's right. You didn't tap out uh, in your match. No, I didn't tap out. I, I never gave up. I never gave up. I never surrendered. Um, And that's just kind of being glossed over. You uh, know? What happened on Raw? Did you have a match with Cesaro? Uh, that's right. You seemed really bummed. 
Uh, yeah, because um, they uh, some people came up to me beforehand. They're like, "You're gonna lose to Cesaro." Oh, who? Uh, it was oh, um, like the Bookers, Joey Mercury. Oh, and he was just trying to get in my head, and I'm like, "Yeah, Joey." What is Joey Mercury you doing backstage? Shit. I call him a bald little shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's uh, Triple H's little brother. Whenever I see him, oh, okay. I call him Double H. Hey, look, man. I'm sorry that things are going so tough for you. Look, I, you know what. In general, it was a pretty good match at SummerSlam. It was entertaining. I, well, well, I was hoping to do more, and I was hoping, um, I was hoping to, you know, get a big win for America. But now I think they're going to give somebody else that big push. Um, look, I didn't, I wasn't in pain. Okay. Okay. I I was out partying late in Los Angeles, and I fell asleep. You were hung over in your match. I fell asleep. You fell asleep. Swagger. I fell asleep. Jack, what can I say? Jack. People, uh, look, I got busted with weed at WrestleMania a, a while back. I and recall. I'm like, I cannot. Well, I'm sorry. You are just not. Are you drunk right now? You're knocking things over. No, no, no. I'm just sleepy. Oh, you're. <sighs> I. Look, okay, so, so I, 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 you know. Jack, I'm going to interrupt I, you. I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, okay. okay. SummerSlam is Los Angeles' WrestleMania, okay? Yeah. And this was our last SummerSlam in Los Angeles. No way. It's moving to New York and New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. It's Canada. Um, it, what? Canada. Almost, but not quite. It's almost like they can't decide which city to have it in. <sighs> but you showed up hungover and passed out in your last Los Angeles match at SummerSlam. I well to not get in any legal trouble, I'd like to say that I was super sleepy and I fell sleepers. Ugh. I fell sleepers. I look I, I was trying to, I was having a good time. It's Hollywood, baby. I was hanging out, you know, uh, with a star of a leprechaun origins, uh, Hornswoggle, major movie star. I was hanging out with a major movie star of Bending the Rules, Jamie Kennedy. Oh, I thought for a second there. Oh, no, Edge doesn't like me. Edge won't hang out with me. I wonder why. Um, I was hanging out with a major movie star, uh, Lauren Graham of Bad Santa. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. That was pretty great. Santa. That was pretty great. Was there any wrestlers in that movie? Uh, uh, let me see. Billy Bob Thornton. Um, he, he would be a Bernie great. Bernie Mac. Wouldn't John he be a great Ritter, valet? Bernie Mac and I think Billy Bob Thornton would both been oh, great, be great wrestling valets. They'd be great for the biz, I tell you that. Yes, they would. Yeah. Uh, but I've thrown out a lot of these ideas to creative, and they said, since you uh, fell asleep um, on Sunday, there, it's a no-go. They said, I let America down. I'm just here to say, hey, uh, did you guys get that uh, sleeping uh, uh, bald eagle I sent earlier? That's a sleep? It was sleep, yeah. Uh, we have an airtight bread box that we put that into. Jesus Christ, did you suffocate that bald eagle? You know what? This sounds like it's got out of control very fast. Why would you leave an unconscious bald eagle on our table? To show you when it rises up to spread its wings just because it fell asleep for a little bit doesn't mean America can't rise again. Just like I did my match on Sunday against Rusev. I fell asleep for a little bit, but if you give me yet another chance to <laughs> keep attacking his ankle as my only move, then I could tap out Rusev and then you're save America. You're right, Jack. You're right. You're right. I'm going to run to the bread box right now and open it and let that eagle soar. Maybe it's okay. Did not, did not soar. Zeb is not going to be happy about this. Oh, yeah, how is Zeb? Zeb's gone. Where is he? He got kicked in the mustache and then went running away. Good. I haven't seen him since. 
Jeez, that got it. He got a he got a kicker. He got a kicker in the in the noggin. I think he, he got, got a, a concussion. Kicker, yeah, he got jacked right in the mouth. Things aren't good for me right now. I'm in a lot of trouble. Well, Jack I fell asleep. Jack I is, fell asleep. You know what, Jack? If there's anything we can do, maybe this can be that place where you admit that you fell asleep, and this is you coming clean to your adorable. I need twenty thousand dollars cash. I'm sorry, twenty thousand dollars cash. I need twenty thousand dollars cash and a bottle of tequila. Well, I can check the old PC, but uh, I think we've got a bottle of tequila. It's half. It's half empty. Though. I need a full bottle of tequila and twenty thousand dollars. You cash. know what? I'm sorry, Jack. In this situation, and a helicopter with a full tank of gas. I should say it's a half full bottle of tequila. I think that's about all we can offer you. I need also a helicopter with a full tank of gas. I couldn't get you a helicopter. I need a machete. I couldn't get you a machete. Oh, then you guys aren't helping me at all. I'm I also need my bald eagle back. I, that I can give you. Alive. Ah, look at it. It's just kind of dancing. Stop it. Stop it. Look at it. Look, it's it's, it's, okay, look. It's my fault. I'm sorry that I let America down. I'm sorry. And now they're going to give the big push to Mark Henry or some other big American guy. Oh, man. That would be great if he was the American versus Rusev. I'd really dig that a lot. Oh, fuck you, Steve Sears. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I just got... My life I... is going down the tubes. Don't worry. You'll be back. <sighs> Maybe someday. But right now, just going to walk that lonely... Hard road. Pray for me. Uh, all right. Pray. But, but right now? Yeah, pray right now. Dear God, please look over Jack Swagger as he walks away and allow Dark Swagger to return when booking allows it. Pray for the bald eagle to come back to life. Dear God, please allow your gift of life to return to this eagle and... Um, Fill our bread box with everlasting life. Sweet Jesus, it came alive! You know it's come back and possessed! Just take it, take it, take it, Jack, take it! Take my arm! Well, I'm on the rise again. That's right, I'm gonna save America! First, I'm gonna catch a little cat nap, though. I'm oh, super sleepy. Please do, Jack. You heard it here first on Curtain Jerks. That is madness. That is absolute chaos and madness. You know, I don't pray that often. That's why. My <laughs> Steve, dreams, I didn't know you had the magical my, powers of prayer. Yeah, the magical power, magical power of prayer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's uh, that's pretty much what Curtain Jerks is like if you're a first-time listener. Uh, thank you so much to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I, Please, listeners, if you enjoyed Stone Cold Steve Austin on this podcast, let him know. We're comedians in Hollywood. He's just right down the road. Tell him you'd love to hear him on the podcast again or how much of a good time you had to listen to him on the show. Tweet him up on Twitter or his Facebook or any of that stuff. Uh, that just always helps us out, and it's it's good to, to, that Stone Cold hears that sort of thing. So that's really supportive and helpful. And tweet at us, Butterscotch, soft or hard, <laughs> where there's our, uh, the Butterscotch chips. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I'd like to thank... Uh, uh, the guys over at uh, Wrestling Padre Slamcast um, for tagging along with those guys for all the media weekend and the stuff at SummerSlam. And it was a blast. So, for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids! You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been 
uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I- I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait till the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things, these things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands, uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, so- uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us. Uh, like the episode. Comment. Uh, comment during. It. You could, You should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's, it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh, that was uh, quotable. And then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there. And if you're an aesthetics person, orange accents. Right? Orange is the new black, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be dated. <laughs> no way. No Jason way. Biggs. Jason Biggs. WCW champion if there is still around. Yeah, that's how it works. So it's the Orange is the new black WCW crossover. Jason Biggs is the new championship. That belt's almost as big as his head. It is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos. Uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos ideas. Videos ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. <laughs> oh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> And as a bonus, listeners, next week, a little added extra audio bonus footage of John Cena and Sting. See, aren't you glad you listened to the end of the episode? Yeah, aren't you glad that we hide these things from public knowledge unless you stay all the way to the end? Yeah, this is what, that's called marketing. Get yourself a cookie. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.